0: Welcome back to the guiding light on route 66. The new podcast for saint francis of rome my name is jaime i'm the host and here we have father richard as our co-host
1: right now uh father how are you doing today doing good little change in weather today so it's a, a little at least it's not burning the ac is not on but that's good yeah
0: i kind of like i like the cooler weather too it kind of reminds me of not being in hell <laughs> it well, lets me go outside we're, we're in the fall we yeah, are in fall so. i guess <laughs> pumpkin spice lattes are out so yeah i guess we're in fall can i can go outside i can you know i'm not a homebody really so my mental stability depends on me going out i was going crazy when all the covid restrictions were up and i was yeah my 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 best self is one that is outdoors oh excellent well you'll have plenty of
1: opportunity to do that today
0: be out and about <laughs> hopefully depends on work <laughs> and there's also a new way to be church too uh, there's a whole new aspect of
1: church that we're talking about now. No? What is this? Well, yes. You know, it's one of the things we've been talking about here at, at the staff level is that uh, at some point we're going to have to reopen church. The restrictions will be uh, uplifted and uh, we will kind of have to start thinking. And I kind of recognize, and we've talked about the fact that people have become accustomed to watching the live transmissions at home. And so the diocese has begun to ask us to kind of figure out how are we going to bring people back? And the code word I guess that we're using is how are we going to evangelize people? How are we going to get out there and bring people back into the community? And so, the word evangelization, I think it's one of those words that we keep throwing around uh, all the time, and people say, well, what is evangelization? Evangelization is our sharing the gospel message with others, telling them of our encounter with Christ, and how Christ and I continue to walk together. And we invite another person into that relationship, and to recognize that Christ also invites them into a uh, long-lasting relationship. So that that would be the basics, so that they hear the good news, they come to know Christ, and from that encounter, continue to move on with Christ.
0: Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, I, I remember back in my own studies, the word evangelization, uh, coming from the Greek word evangelion. Oh, very good. Yeah, and and you know the it was uh, something that the would happen when you had a victory in battle. So you would have a victory in battle, and then you have a messenger that would go and deliver the Evangelion to the nearby towns to say, we won this battle. And here, our good news is Christ has come to be with us. God has come to dwell with us and to save us from the different messes that we find ourselves in.
1: But I think, um, you know, the, the good news is more than that Jesus Christ is with us. In 1974, uh, 10 years after the Second Vatican Council closed, the um, Pope Paul VI told us as church that the only reason we exist is to evangelize, mm-hmm. is to tell the good news to others. I must admit nobody kind of really paid attention to him. And oddly enough, when uh, John Paul II in uh, 1997, I think, uh, in Ecclesia America, uh, spoke to the Latin American bishops um, that we needed to begin a new evangelization, and it really wasn't until maybe like a year or two later—I forget the name of the document—that uh, Redemptoris Humanis, I think, Hominis—that uh, not your typical, you know, I know it's a constitution kind of, or something. Yeah, right? that Bill he he begins to talk about the new evangelization to the self, to agentes, to the world. And to those who had grown lax or in faith, mm. and so all of a sudden we began to use that that term, and then uh, Pope Benedict used it as well uh, as the need to get out there. Um, John Paul talked about the fact we needed to have new ardor, new methods of expression, and then when Francis became pope, he once again in um, uh, I can't forget was first uh, encyclical was that. In which was was it? The light of faith? No, was the other one. I can't remember. Gaud uh, that was Gaud- Evangeline Yeah, I think that was the one. There we go. In the which, joy of the the joy of the gospel. There we go, it was it was in the joy of the gospel where he says that the parish needs to have a certain plasticity so that we can go out there and um, kind of proclaim the good news. But he says, you know, that we need to be like a field hospital. Mm, uh, we okay. need to be a mass unit. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are wounded, that don't even know that they're sick, that they're missing Christ in their lives, and so we need to send people out there, and then once they're stable, bring them back into the Christian community, to the local church, so that they can be nourished and fed, and then once they go back out there. Mm. And, and and I think what all of them, from Paul the Sixth until Francis, have basically been telling us that we need to be faithful to our Christian identity. We need to remember that in baptism, we are identified as God's children. In confirmation, we are given the mission of going out to bring the good news. And in First Communion or in Eucharist, we're shown how that pattern of life is lived. And so we need to constantly live that out. And so in um, the Holy Father kind of tells us that the parish needs to be that oasis, where people come, draw strength, and go back out into the world. And so we really need to begin training and helping people post-pandemic to recognize that that is our call. I know that there's kind of a low-grade depression mm-hmm. among many of our faithful. Uh, I know that people are kind of disappointed. We're all tired of Zoom meetings. We're all tired of a Google Classroom or Google Teams on and, and these various formats. We need that face-to-face encounter. And, and, and that is true. It's that personal encounter with Christ that brings us. But each of us needs to make that encounter so that we can go out and invite other people back nice.
0: into the Christian community. So to kind of recap... Essentially, all these different aspects of our faith have told us that the church—it's not that the church has a mission, but the mission has a church. So evangel- yeah. evangelization is is the exist- the reason for the existence of the church. Correct. And so that's the mission, and the mission comes along with a church.
1: Right. The, the, the church would be the place where the mission finds its fullest expression. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the place where we gather to celebrate. It's the gather. It's the place for rejuvenation. It's the place where we gather to hear the word. It's the place where we gather for orientation. It's the place where we gather for fellowship. So uh, the... It's like the imagination uh, factory. Of yes, exactly. It would be like the imagination factory. So that we get our ideas and we go out there and we live it. We bear witness to that uh, that good news that we have encountered in Christ.
0: So we receive this, mi- this mission in baptism and then... Uh, and then in confirmation, we we are kind of seen as as people who would carry out this mission. So confirmation is no longer for me, but it's for others.
1: Right. It, it's it's the ability you you're asked by the church to give public witness to it, and so that that's the key piece. It's the public witness of it, and that public witness uh, will then be nourished
0: by the Eucharist. Correct. Right? And, and going to mass and and going and we have the sacraments to assist us in that witness. Correct. Correct. Nice. And. And so the church is, wants us to—the church has a missionary character, or, or its whole existence is to evangelize.
1: Correct. If we don't evangelize, then there's no point in being church. Well, yeah. We, we don't exist just to all have—well, uh, as, as Francis says, it's not about navel-gazing. It, mm-hmm. It's about moving. It's about action. It, it's about inviting others to come to know Christ, because we want to tell them about our encounter with Christ. We're, we're kind of like— um uh, uh, Philip and uh, Nathaniel, who says, "Come, we th- we have found you know we we have found the Savior," and they said, "Oh, what good comes out of out of uh uh, mm-hmm. uh Bethlehem? Bethlehem? Yeah, what uh, good come out of it? Beth- yeah, what good comes out of there? And, and yet it 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 it's to say yes, there there is good or stuff Nazareth. here. Maybe it's Nazareth. What good? Oh, what Nazareth? good comes out of Nazareth? There we yeah. go. Yeah. It's yeah, out of Nazareth. I mean, he was born in Bethlehem, but yeah. then like grew it's, up in Nazareth. He grew up in Nazareth. <laughs> uh, some little poke town Yeah, we want something more." Which makes sense. And, and I
0: guess that can also kind of figure it with us. I mean, what good can come from Azusa? and
1: What well, good can come from, from each of us? Because yeah. a, lo- a lot of times I don't think we see the goodness that lies in each one of us. We don't see uh, the manifestation of Christ revealed in us. And so it is an opportunity to once again be refocused on that identity and that call that we have. Nice.
0: Uh, is there like a specific word... Um, I know like before when you would have a leader and then you had like people of that, that that would flow from that leadership, those people would be known as disciples, right? So Buddha had his disciples or you have, you know, um, and Christ had his disciples. But from my
1: experience, we've been having so many different like adjectives placed before the word disciples, yeah, but I think that the, I think the thing is we we a we have to recognize we're disciples. Disciples, at least if, if my Latin is correct, is you know the ability to listen. You know, mm. there there has to be that ability to listen, and I think if you were going to put an adjective in front of it, it would have to be a missionary disciple, because the church exists to evangelize, as Paul VI said. Well, if if we exist to evangelize, that means there's always an. Outward motion, and so the missionary is that you you're you're going out constantly. So if, if I had to use a term, uh, I would use a missionary disciple. That would be the adjective uh, th- that kind of says what kind of discipleship are we? or disciple are we? It's a missionary disciple, but it also has to be an intentional disciple. Not only do we recognize that we're we're moving out, but then we ourselves have to be committed to that identity and that call. Uh, that means I have to invest means I ha- i'm willing to hear i'm willing to learn i'm willing to reflect i'm willing to converse and then i'm willing to share with others mm. it, it, and so it's it's not just enough to be a missionary disciple so what are you going to tell people i don't know how are you going to show them how you live your life i don't know you know videos yeah no no we don't do videos <laughs> <laughs> but but it but it, 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 it's and- kind of like that's why I, I think uh, Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, says we make it perfectly clear that we hold this treasure in an earthen vessel. So, and again, he also talks about the fact that we make manifest the Lord's presence, the Lord's resurrection, the Lord's passion through our very self. So we need to become that living icon, mm-hmm. that living uh, witness of Christ in the world. So that when people see us, they say, oh, this is how Christ acted. This is how Christ lived. So going back to this kind of term of
0: missionary disciple uh who who can be a missionary disciple if if I'm baptized already I've received my confirmation I go to mass every Sunday like does that make me a missionary disciple or or Technically, is there something yes. that I do a little bit you more You are
1: already a missionary disciple. So was that a baptism? Was that a confirmation. confirmation? I would say confirmation because in baptism you you know who you are. But like every child it takes a while to figure out who I am. Um you know you you, you come from um Two different, you know, mom and dad who each have their own traditions and values. And you have to kind of put those together. And then there comes a point when they kind of throw you out of the house and say, okay, you're an adult now. Go live. Go fly. fly. Swim. Yeah, Yeah, swim. And, And the same thing for us. When we get to confirmation, we are asked to go out and bear witness to it. So the first couple of years since our baptism uh, we have been looking. Now, we have to remember, too, that the original order of sacraments is baptism, confirmation, Eucharist. Uh, due to Pius X, we move the age of confirmation, or First Communion, to seven, but we never move confirmation to an earlier age. But it is funny, when, when you name the sacraments, it's always in the order of baptism, confirmation, Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, even when we give the rite of Christian initiation, it's always baptism, confirmation, Eucharist. It's only in the practice in the Western church that we have changed the order from baptism, penance, First Communion, confirmation. And so, but but again, it, it, it's having that identity. So everyone is called. The difficulty is that some of us as All of the popes have mentioned have forgotten what our our call is, have forgotten our identity, and so we need to reawaken that. Mm. And so what we're hoping to do in the parish is begin to uh, maybe have small groups. Um, The diocese is going to do some training sessions during the month of October, and some people are going to get notes and invitations to participate in that, and it's to really understand what is our life as a missionary disciple. And what is it that I am called to do? And so those people are going to be part of that. So that when you finish the process, then you already know how possibly to respond to people, to go out and do that. Because we want to equip people.
0: So anybody can be a missionary disciple. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if you have your sacraments, you've actually been ordained or kind of commissioned. No, no, nobody's ordained to do that. Everybody's called, 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 commissioned. So you're commissioned at confirmation? Yes. And then you're ordained. You yourself, yes. Well, Brother
1: it's Richard just one more, ordained. one more, one more level of that. Because part of my call is, uh, as a priest, I'm the caller of the charisms within the community. Uh, I become the 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 point where we celebrate together. I, I become that uh, that center place. You know, the old term was I, I'm in persona Christi. I I I act in the person of Christ, and so in the person of Christ, I gather the community. I celebrate with the community. I uh, invite the community to share their gifts. I identify within the community those gifts, and then we together try to bring people to to a center of renewal within the community of faith itself.
0: Mm. So these celebrations like Mass isn't just about the
1: priests, it's also about the people? It's about all of us. It's about a community. You can't think of a body without head, arms. You, you can't say this is just about the head. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, to say Mass for myself makes no sense. I say Mass in the midst of a community. It, it, it's, it's not a private devotion. It's very much the community gathering. I don't celebrate my birthday by myself. That kind of be pitiful. Mm-hmm. I celebrate with family and friends. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with the Eucharist. We celebrate the Passion, death, and resurrection of Christ because that's the source of our moving out into the world. Of gotcha. we we listen and we figure, oh, that's what I'm
0: called to do. So, to be a missionary disciple, you're commissioned. At, I'm commissioned at my confirmation. And right now you you said that the diocese is offering is going to start offering these kind of small group sessions.
1: It's gonna start that way, yeah. Okay.
0: And and these small group sessions will learn more about what it means to be a missionary disciple. Yes. Okay. And How how is that different from like a Bible study or something?
1: Well, Bible study just looks at the scriptures and basically says, you know, how do I find myself in in the scriptures? Do I identify with Peter? Do I identify with uh, the Pharisees? Do I identify with the person who's asking Jesus for something? Uh, How do I find myself in there? And what is God saying to me right here? Whereas a missionary disciple we are here to present jesus christ jesus christ who died for us jesus christ who rose from the dead jesus christ who invites us to life through the sacraments so i'm here to tell them good news when i do a bible study i am reading the good news but it's it's just for me whereas with the missionary disciple i proclaim the good news of why god is calling them into this relationship Mm. and and so to sum it up why would it matter if i'm a missionary disciple or not because that's your call you're not called to to be a christian by yourself you're called to tell other people about jesus you are called to invite others to walk with you with jesus mm-hmm. you are asked to be a companion on the journey you know we we have been so much in isolation i know that the holy father just wrote uh, another uh apostolic exhortation i think that's what it's being called uh Tutti Fratelli, in which he basically says that we need to walk together in this difficult time. And so we are relational people. And so Christ is looking to be in relationship with us. As a community of faith, we're looking to be in relationship with one another and with the world. That's what we're called to be. And so we're experiencing tough times, economic, uh, the pandemic, uh, socially we've been isolated so it is about being in solidarity with one another and so i i think that the missionary disciple is looking to be in relationship with others and inviting them to be in the primary relationship of their life with is jesus christ mm. uh,
0: so would you say that the church right now has a lot of missionary disciples or would you say that we're building these programs because we're looking to expand? No, I don't I, I you know? think
1: we I, I think we we're, we're doing this because I think we've lost sight of what we are called to do. I don't know that I mean imagine in 1974 Paul the 6 told us that the church exists to evangelize. It takes until 1997 before someone says, "Oh, by the way, I think he was being serious about this when we noticed that people are leaving the church." Hmm. You know, and and and, and again I don't know that it's clicked in our minds that that is our primary goal. Now, I must admit, among our our brothers and sisters of various denominations, there are some, you know, the Jehovah Witnesses, the Mormons, they're out there telling you about it. That should be everyone who is a follower of Christ, needs to be bringing people to Christ and bringing Christ to other people. So I, I think that we have forgotten that that's our call. We said, oh, well, that's what missionaries are for. We don't think of the United States as missionary territory. And yet, I want to say that in 1997, the Paulists did a survey, and I can't remember how many million people did not know who Jesus Christ was. They heard the name, but didn't know who he was. And so, I think that's with us. We we live in a culture, perhaps, or an environment where the name is known, but not what is is being lived there. And I have to admit that when you look at different studies— Men and women are 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 becoming non-Christian, or to say, well, I, you know, I don't, I, I'm spiritual, but I'm not necessarily into the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think we need to reawaken within ourselves. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Mm-hmm. It's just not being a good person. It's living out that identity that as you know last couple of weeks paul has been saying we need to have the mindset and the attitude of christ and so i think we have to "Well, well what is that mindset what is that attitude and so he you know he talks about the emptying of self you know for three months we've been hearing what the profile of a disciple is and finally we're being asked can you live that life where do we hear this father in the scriptures it's the, the, the gospels for the last last three months I mean, not that not the astrological signs or not the... the astrological signs not not the palm reading it's in the scriptures itself in in the gospel of matthew we have been hearing bits and pieces when he visited when he's the canaanite woman asked for a healing when they wanted him to bring down uh thunder and lightning because they wouldn't accept him uh uh, when the son didn't want to go out and uh, deal with the vineyard, and the other one said, "Oh yeah, I'll go," never went. Those are all pieces where it's about how do we live this identity? How do we we, we live this call? Mm-hmm. And, and so that 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 is the challenge that uh, we're being asked to do. But it, it's it's a call for everyone. What would a what would a church with more missionary disciples,
0: and or um, if they are missionary disciples active, I guess missionary. Disciples well, I
1: think look we like. would see uh, you know a huge increase in our our um, in our assembly you know all of our masses would be packed that would be the first thing because mm-hmm. everyone's coming to hear and to celebrate their relationship with Christ to be nourished to be nourished and then from there we would probably recognize so what are what are the other needs that people need to be responsive to? and so that's when we start looking at various ministries do we need to visit people at the sick do we need to visit people in their homes do we need to visit um, do people need food you know and then to say so what are the services that we can offer here at the parish that will be attentive you know so uh, we need people who are proclaimers of the word people that can help with uh, the distribution of communion I'm hoping someday that we go back to receiving the body and blood of Christ under both species it's being the people of hospitality the people of welcome the people who clean the bathrooms the people who clean up after every mass the people there i mean you begin to grow in the various ministries so that we are helping one another to continue encountering christ um and and again we want to then share faith with our children. We want to share faith with those who have never known Christ and are looking for initiation to the Catholic Church. It's looking for those who perhaps have, because of their marriages, have been wounded or are broken and need to be healing. Um, It could be going out into the community and just making myself aware of what needs need to be addressed. So it's kind of like tending to the family in its widest expansion. Uh, But it all begins with, be nourished at the Eucharistic table and then from there saying so how do we help to nourish one another because we it, there is an action piece to the Eucharist. Eucharist is not just about fulfilling ourselves, it's about going out and doing something, bringing something else to others mm-hmm. I know I don't know of any fellow you uh, know family celebration that you don't get together and as soon as everyone gets ready to go home, the host or the hostess will begin to send you with what I call small care packages so that you might have it to take home and maybe have a, a breakfast or a lunch the next day with what food we ate at this table. We do the same thing. We, we walk away from the Eucharistic table with a little something to take out to the world and, and share with them. Nice. nice. So th- that that's the thought. All right. Well, thank you, Father.
0: Um, so that well, that wraps up our topic today for, for missionary discipleship. A uh, few logistics. Um, we still have outdoor mass uh, yes. to to on Sunday that you can go to and renew and be nourished as a missionary disciple and celebrate with the community. And we have four on Sunday, 7 a.m., 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 1 p.m. So just go ahead, come outside, join us, bring your chair, bring your mask, and keep your distance from people that you don't live with.
1: Yeah. Don't forget the five and seven on Saturday night. And five and seven on Saturday night.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, religious education programs are open now. So for registration. The classes begin in the first week of November. So go ahead, be a missionary disciple. Tell others that who have not received any of the sacraments yet in your family, maybe, or those that are waiting sacraments, let's say a baby's been born, or you have, you know, younger children in the family that haven't received their first communion. Come to us and and tell them. You know, uh they, they have programs open now for, for you guys to be uh trained and and to be uh formed and to Learn more about this faith that we receive uh, and and embody in baptism. And
1: maybe also pray about helping, you know, maybe as a
0: missionary disciple
1: to... Yeah, to- be a catechist. Be willing to share with others the faith of Christ. Live more faithfully, that missionary discipleship call. Yeah. Maybe you don't feel comfortable going out to streets, but maybe you can witness to children or to adults or to our, 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 young, uh, our, our young adults, either in high school or those post-college uh, that are, are, are looking for faith.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be great. And uh, right now everything's being done through Zoom. So younger generations that know how to process Zoom and Google Classroom, we need your help. <laughs> we really, really need your help. <laughs> yes, I need your and help. And <laughs> what's what's new at SFR? Well, we have an uh, anointing of the sick service coming on October 24th. That's a Saturday, October 24th at 10 a.m. So anybody that, who, who can receive the an anointing of the sick father?
1: It, it, it needs to be a child over the age of reason. They need to understand the sacrament. Mm-hmm. Do they
0: need to be baptized?
1: Yes. You okay. need to be baptized. You have to be baptized. So if children have to be over the age uh, of seven. Mm-hmm. And uh, any person that is adu- that is an adult who uh, either their, um, their condition has worsened or they are now identified as being sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe uh, all of a sudden you've been identified with diabetes. Or your blood pressure keeps going up <laughs> because of this. Or um, um, you're looking for some kind of healing. Or maybe you've had heart issues over the course of years. Mm. And, you know, th- Those would be some of the pieces. That okay.
0: But if you do have
1: suspected symptoms of COVID. Stay away. Do not come. And if you're sick uh either you have a cold you have chills you have fever do not come we love
0: you as church however we we still need to keep up our precautions and and everybody to maintain so if you'd like you can still receive a phone call from one of our priests or deacons and uh and be able to kind of have somebody else to talk to uh about a difficult situation uh also on november 2nd the second of november at 7 p.m that's a monday we have all souls day right um which,
1: right, was- that's our annual celebration of all those who have died since November third of last year. Yeah. So uh, we we will ha- this year we're having the mass outside, and so we ask you to join us. Uh, there'll be more information if you look on our website, or if you look on our Facebook page, and we'll have it also on the um, at the at the assembly. We'll we'll talk about it. It's but it's we bring the pictures, and especially a way we commemorate those who have died this past year. So and all I know Souls that there's Day. many people. Yeah, All Souls Day is. The second uh, Dia de los Muertos. No? Dia de los Muertos. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: yeah. And it. then so you can bring a picture.
1: Yes. And there'll be more information on that on the website once uh, we're, we're, that's all being worked on right now uh, by our coordinators, uh, Deacon Mike Flores and his wife, Donna.
0: Is anybody going to dress up like Miguel from
1: Coco or? No, this is not Coco. No, this is not. <laughs> this is not a <laughs> Disney saw production. I all the flowers everywhere. It's so nice. That's beautiful. But to no, that's not follow. what it's about. Yeah. We have some of the same, same but Christianity was not mentioned in there. They just talked about the dead the town was saint cecilia yeah music because it it fit in with the theme oh there you go
0: and that's it for this uh podcast thank you very much for listening um think about what it means to be a missionary disciple in your own life contemplate it pray about it and if you have any questions you can always come to us uh during mass and, and ask us a little bit more about it and we look forward to having you next week on the guiding light on route 66
1: This episode of The Guiding Light on Route 66 was recorded in Azusa, California and produced by SFR Media Productions. Music for the intro and outro was used with permission from Epidemic Sound. For music like this and more, please visit epidemicsound.com. For more information about this podcast, please visit www.sfrchurch.org.